Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. <coughs> All right. Everyone is standing. Turn in your Bibles uh, to Jude, verses 17 through 21. As I preach in your hearing how and why to pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourselves in the love of God, part six, praying through the Bible, message number 486. That means in 14 more Wednesday, Wednesday nights or Wednesdays, we will hit that number 500 which will get us very close to finishing the whole Bible on the matter of prayer. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. Mockers who mock the Bible. They mock the Old Testament. They mock the New Testament. Uh, such mockers uh, we see today in people like Andy Stanley and others who should walk after their own ungodly lusts, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, otherwise they would know better than to do the mocking. Verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, and you build up on that most holy faith, by reading the Old Testament and the New Testament, your faith, your Christian faith, is laid squarely on the foundation of the Old Testament. And so you cannot unhitch the Bible, the Old Testament, from the New Testament, and you cannot trade the Bible in the New Testament in for fallible history books. You cannot trade the infallible Bible for fallible history books as now uh, the false prophet and false pastor is doing, Andy Stanley and others. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. We talked about this in depth last week. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word. Grant me your energy, strength, unction, and anointing, freedom and liberty and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your holy word once again and to preach your holy gospel. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord.
Dr. Charles Spurgeon said, we cannot do without prayer, and we cannot pray without the Holy Spirit. And he's right about it. My beloved, in our last message, we looked at how to keep ourselves in the love of God by obeying his commandments and hating evil, our evil most of all. We have some people who hate other people's sins, but they don't hate their own. They can smell other people's stink, but they can't smell their own. And that is a problem. I'm reminded of something that happened recently in one of the uh, I didn't see it, I, I, I picked it up later in one of the uh, final games, finals games, uh, basketball, NBA. You know how people try to get into your head in sports. One man tried to get into the head of Steph Curry which is hard to do because he's an out-and-out Christian man. It's hard to get into the head of an out-and-out born-again Christian man, but this man tried. He looked at Steph Curry with disgust and said, You stink! Isn't it amazing how we can smell other people's stink? He probably stinks more, and we can't smell our own stink. We can see other people's sins, but we can't see our own. And that is a problem. So the big number three tonight, as we are uh, on the third point in this message. <coughs> we are to look for Christ's mercy. We are to be under his mercy if we want to be saved is only by the mercy and grace of God that anybody is saved. And don't you ever forget it. Uh, I'm reminded of the service earlier today. I don't know how Spurgeon did it uh, in the devotional service we had today. But he read a passage about a donkey, about an ass. That's what the Old Testament calls it. And that uh, the the ass was not a clean animal, like uh, a lamb. Somehow he brought out how that the ass had to be redeemed, and he basically called us a bunch of asses who have to be redeemed by the lamb. Now, quite frankly, only the theologians out there know what I'm talking about. And all of us have to be redeemed by the mercy and grace of God. And Jude talks about keep yourselves in the love of God. And while you're doing that, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now you need to take care of resting under the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation by believing in him now in this life.
what he's referring to looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the completion of your salvation where the Lord takes you on to heaven. The mercy of Jesus Christ provides us with the gift of eternal life. <clears throat> when you know that you know you are uh, saved because you're in heaven with the Lord. But God wants you to have that assurance now it was the great blind songwriter uh, who said, who wrote Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. How many of you have sung that song with great blessing? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. You ought to have assurance of your salvation and at the same time looking for God's mercy. The Lord's mercy completed. The mercy of Jesus Christ provides us with the gift of eternal life. The source of this gift of eternal life, it is Christ's mercy. If the donkey needs mercy, the ass needs mercy, we need mercy. That's what Charles Spurgeon brought out. We need grace. We need God's mercy to make it in. Mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown toward someone whom it is within one's authority and power to punish or harm. God has chosen mercy. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has chosen to be merciful to us if we believe in him and follow him. Earlier in this book, when he was warning against the ungodly false teachers who had crept into the church unawares, like we have many today. I have already mentioned Andy Stanley, there are others, Otis Moss III, have crept in unawares, and great damage has been done to the modern church. And there are many others, they're just not as well known. Great damage. And see, this is why God warned us. This is why the Word of God warns us to this day to be careful about these false prophets, these false preachers, these false teachers. Because they can do great damage. And some are very slick. 
and some are very demonically persistent. I just warned uh, the Southern Baptist Convention and the Evangelicals, that includes a whole lot of us, as I told you, I'm hard on the leaders of the evangelical movement. God has me that way for a reason. Evangelical, Southern Baptist, National Baptist, whoever, because many of you charismatics as well, many of you are part of the evangelical movement and you don't even know it. You know why? Because the evangelical movement are led by leaders who have graduated from the best theological seminaries, some of which produce some of the greatest Pharisees and Sadducees. I know now why uh, my first pastor called them cemeteries, Oliver B. Green, the great evangelist who preached that message titled Unpopular Preachers, uh, who was kicked out of Baylor. He called it cemeteries, these preachers who go to the cemetery to die. Uh, sitting, and I, I've said I've said for many years now that you you, you are not to send your, your preacher boy to a seminary first. Let him stay there with you for about seven years to twelve years, and learn under you. And then, if he wants to go up a little higher, and and he's not going to change, that's fine. But you must understand that the intelligentsia of Christianity are evangelicals which encompasses, if you will, the Southern Baptists, the National Baptists, the big denominations. And guess what? They have an inside track to a major publishing contract or a television program or a radio program. And so they disseminate. They have a way to reaching to every nook and cranny of Christianity to all denominations and all churches. And before you know it, even in your little church down in Podunk, Mississippi, you have somebody's book that you have gotten out of that circle and you're teaching it to your people that makes you an evangelical. Now, I don't know if this was done intentionally, but it has been done very well. And so the way the evangelicals go, the way the world goes, the way the Christian world goes. And uh, quite frankly, generally speaking, not all, we have some good men in these circles, but generally speaking, they have been like what Jesus called the blind leading the blind. And the church is messed up now. The church has never been uh, I would venture to say, knowing church history, teaching church history for years, has never, minus the Catholic Church, has never been in a worse situation.
Jude showed us what God has the authority to punish us with. Okay. Verse 7 says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication uh, and going after strange flesh, homosexuality, men going after men, women going after women. This is, my friends, whether you like it or not, this goes to family, friends, and foes, red, yellow, black, and white. It doesn't matter whether you hate me or not, I'm going to preach what God says. I am not interested in trying to maintain friendship or family relations with you if you go in this direction, this demonic, damning direction. I can't walk with you. Homosexuality is an abomination in God's sight. Strange flesh are set forth for an example, and God deals in examples. God does not have to uh, go back and do everything over again. He will remind you and remind you and remind you of the example that he set of those people. And he made of those people. He wants us to look back and look what happened to them. He does this out of his mercy and grace so that he will not have to repeat it. But don't tempt God. As the old saints used to say, don't get God started. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Keep on. Keep on messing with God. God knows how to get you. Sodom and Gomorrah were not just destroyed by God with fire from heaven, but they are suffering an eternal fire right now. Late last night we discovered that NASA has discovered what many people are saying is the literal biblical hell. Not only God knows, but it is a planet that is constantly burning and a planet that has oceans and oceans of liquid fire is on is in the news today you can find it on blackchristiannews.com or bcnn1.com it was undiscovered up until recently hell is a real place and the people from Sodom and Gomorrah they died of burning and being burned from a fire from heaven and they're still in hell today. God is not going to let you turn his world upside down. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Now, you think God is playing? God is, is it, you know, God brought on the coronavirus plague to whip the church for allowing homosexuality in the church and in the government. <coughs> The church didn't get the message. The world didn't get the message. The homosexuals who were punished before with AIDS and are still dying of AIDS. They didn't get the message. They're going crazy thinking that the world has accepted them. The blind leading the blind. 
out of a homosexual gathering in Europe comes the monkeypox, which is a very ugly virus. And, and they said today, the World Health Organization said today, it may not be containable. The World Health Organization told people, anybody who's having sex, you need to limit your partners. I mean, that's what the World Health Organization said, because this may not be containable. All of a sudden, out of the blue, I don't think he's ever done this before, Snoop Dogg said, I'm shutting down all concerts in Europe and the rest of the world. And we at BCD1 said, translation, until you people get control over this homosexual-driven monkeypox, Snoop Dogg won't be appearing. One of those popular articles on our news site. In fact, the number one article. Sodom and Gomorrah. The Sodomites. And the Gomorrah Heights are still burning today, and they will continue to burn for all of eternity. Do not mess with the loving God. God does not play. You need to understand that. He's not going to let you get away with sin uh, flying in his face with your wickedness and your evil. He created you to be... Uh, in communication with him, to fellowship with him, and he can't fellowship with you like that. The rest of humanity also deserves eternal fire for the sins that we have committed against God. Not only homosexuality, having sex with anybody outside of marriage, the homosexuals are so bold, they want you in the church to classify homosexuality uh, a non-sin. It's not even a sin. When God says it's an abomination, it's worse than sin. You're going, you're going beyond the pale. You're doing something absolutely disgusting and you're trying to turn God, God's world upside down. And he's not going to allow you to do that. He will stop you. God made a man and a beautiful woman. And I don't want a man around me who cannot see the beauty in a woman. Because you have lost your righteous mind. I don't want you around me. You cannot work for me. You cannot do anything in the ministry with me. If you can't understand that. And you don't see the eternal beauty in a beautiful woman. There's something wrong with you. You talk about sin, and you talk about a mental, uh, mental breakdown, mental illness, that you certainly have it. There's something wrong somewhere. However, due to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can instead have eternal life by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and repenting of our sins and being a disciple with discipline after the Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. Matthew Henry said eternal life is to be looked for only through mercy. Only through mercy 
only through mercy. Mercy is our only plea, not merit. Or if merit, as only Dr. Matthew Henry can say it, or if merit, not our own merit, but another's who has merited for us what otherwise we could have laid no claim to, nor have entertained any well-grounded hope of. It is said, not only through the mercy of God as our Creator, but through the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ as Redeemer, all who come to heaven, all who come to heaven, all who come to heaven must come hither through our Lord Jesus Christ, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved but that of the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friend, do you know him tonight as your Savior? Have you experienced the mercy of God Almighty, of Jesus Christ, to believe in him for your soul's salvation? And, and, and mind you, it is God's mercy. It is the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit that you would even have a mind to get saved. I was, I was a man most, in my mind, far removed from God and Jesus in the church. I hated my dad who was a loving pastor and preacher. Uh, my mother was okay because we were partners in crime in the sense that uh, she would uh, uh, join me against my father in rebelliousness. Even though she was a preacher too and I was raised in church all of my life. But I hated the church. I hated church people. Especially church men who acted so effeminate and weak. And the wives and the mothers controlled everything in the church. I hated it. So when I left home, I tried to run as far away from it as I could, but God outran me. And uh, it's only, let me tell you now, if you get saved today, it's only by the grace of God and the mercy of God. God is speaking to your heart. Right now, I'm doing my job of preaching the gospel to you. God is going to do his job. He does his job very well. I don't know how he does it to this day. How I got saved, it was totally by the mercy and grace and miracle working power of God. Because I was not looking for God like that. I was looking for a fine woman on the disco floor. That's what I was looking for. When I was raised in church, I was not looking for Jesus. I was looking for Jennifer and Janice. That's a fact. In church. So you know I was full of the devil. And after they sung in choir, in the choir, I got, after I got me a good view of them and the preacher got up to preach, I fell asleep. I got my best sleep in church. I woke up not knowing anything. So dear friend, if you want to be saved today, trust in the mercy of Almighty God and of our Almighty Savior, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross 
for your sins. Understand, first of all, dear friend, that you are a sinner, just as I am, and that you have broken God's laws, just as I have. We have broken the commandments of God. You don't believe that? Have you ever lied before? Have you ever stolen anything before? Have you ever lusted in your heart after a woman or somebody and what they have? You covet it. And God has commanded us not to do that. Have you ever disobeyed and dishonored and disrespected your parents? Have you ever dishonored God by taking his name in vain? That's just five of the Ten Commandments. And I would venture to say those of us who are of age, we have broken them all already. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. The paycheck that you're going to receive for all of the sins of your life is the biggest paycheck you will ever receive because you've sinned a whole lot in God's sight. Because you have a sinful nature, therefore you are a sin factory. And because you have chosen to sin against God and do evil in God's sight is death. The punishment that you're going to receive and that I'm going to receive for our sins in this life is death. Everybody is going to experience it. Unless the rapture takes place. And if God will allow you to die from this beautiful greenish, bluish, whitish earth. He will allow you to die and go to hell and burn forever as has already been mentioned. Third. Accept the fact, dear friend, that you are on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ, who preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible, said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed. That is, with an amputated foot and an amputated hand, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. If you die unsaved, if you die without the mercy of Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity in the burning hell. And now some people believe that NASA has found hell and it is a planet separated and designated for people who did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know if all of that is true, but hell is somewhere. If Jesus said so, you can bank on it. And hell is a sad place, hell is a bad place, but I have some good news for you. 
Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, as he preached the first and best gospel message ever, Dr. Curtis Hudson said it is the gospel in a nutshell. He said, Jesus Christ said the most important words in the history of the world when he said, for God so loved the world, that includes you, no matter what you have done or who you did it with. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's the one speaking these words. That whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, should not perish in hell, but have everlasting life, that is, in heaven with God. So, dear friend, if you want to be saved today, if you want to get saved today and experience the mercy of God, here it is. Things are getting worse and worse. You might as well come on in the good ship Zion. Just believe in your heart, dear friend, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, born of of the Virgin Mary, That means no man had sex with Mary before Jesus Christ was born. He was born of a virgin by God's power. Therefore he had God's blood running through his veins, pure and holy. He never sinned in word, thought, or deed. He lived a holy life. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He is our sacrificial Passover Lamb of God for the whole world, not just for the Jews, but for the Jews and Gentiles. Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight. Get saved today while you can. Tonight may be your last night. Ask the people in Buffalo. Ask the people in uh, a little town in Texas. You can be walking in the grocery store and come face to face with a demoniac with a gun. You can be a little child in a little classroom, in a little school, in elementary school, and come face to face with a demoniac with a gun, and you're gone. A football player with a beautiful girlfriend and a beautiful baby. Just got his new job in football, more millions, clipped somebody else's car and went right into a pillar, a highway pillar. He died and she died too. Tomorrow is not promised you. On top of that, the rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ can take place tonight and you'll be left behind. Get saved now. Experience the mercy of God right now while you can. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul. For Jesus Christ suffered, bled and died on the cross for your sins. The Lamb of God paid your sin debt. He was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him.
Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul. And he will save you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Get under the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. So that you can look for his mercy as far as eternal life goes. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell? Saved to what? Saved to heaven. To be with the Lord forever. Right now, dear friend, if you want to get saved, believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. And pray with me the sinner's prayer and mean it from your heart. Repeat it after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures and my faults. Have mercy upon me, Lord Jesus Christ, a sinner. As I believe with all of my heart that you suffered, you bled, and you died on the cross for my sins. As the Lamb of God, who has taken away the sin of the world, you were buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you and I believe in your gospel. Please have mercy and grace upon my soul and save my soul from the hell that I deserve. And please save my soul to the heaven I don't deserve. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and help me to turn from my evil ways and help me to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. For it is in your name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell, and you are on your way to heaven. And I can say that with great confidence, because I have great confidence in God's Word. I believe His Word. Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. I believe that. That's why I can say what I just said with great confidence. So welcome, dear friend, to the family of God. Congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you real good is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. The Lord Tavis is coming and we live. I'll see you on June 2nd, which is tomorrow, if the Lord Tavis is coming and we live. Uh, make sure you pray without ceasing tonight. Make sure you get ready for communion, communion on Sunday. And uh, pray for us when you think about us. And if God has blessed you with some money, you know I don't ask for money much because so many uh, prosperity gospel preachers have messed it up. And I don't want to be in that number. But uh, you know the times we live in and we need all of the help we can get. You can uh, help us through in multiple ways. PayPal, Venmo, um, Cash App. Uh, if you want to send a large amount directly into our bank account, uh, there's some repairs and things that we need to make, some equipment we need to buy to keep on preaching God's Word on a daily basis uh, as God leads us. And so your prayers and your financial help is greatly appreciated. I would not bring it up if it was not true and we didn't need your help. Some of you, God is blessed tremendously. Some are, uh, you're struggling. We don't want you to give us anything if you're struggling. Any money you get from the government, we don't want you to send that our way. You keep that for your family. But those of you who have abundance, be a blessing to us. And if you can give hundreds, thousands of dollars, every penny of it, we're going to the gospel ministry. So let's pray together. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for what you have done here tonight. Once again, we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for your Holy Word, your Holy Spirit, the privilege of prayer. As we listen to that beautiful song again that we've listened to for many years on Wednesdays and Wednesday nights. Sweet hour of prayer. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time.